0: And welcome back to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it is I, Howard H. Smith, the superior, nay, the, the purveyor of bollocks. So, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also do stand up comedy. See keithplatt.co.uk. See me do uh, right, so comedy, Keith Platt, um, music, Acid Rain, podcast, this and all of it's on social media. If you want to come and join us, that'd be cool. If you want to sign up as a patron, uh, you can spend five dollars a month and get virtually your own podcast. When I say virtually your own, what that is, is exactly what it says. Basically, you get this, you get this podcast early, but you also get pre, you get prior notice of who's coming on the podcast, and you get to send the questions in, and you get all of your questions answered by anyone you like. Well, uh, Not anyone you like, people I'm interviewing. And that becomes part of your podcast. There you go. $5 a month. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith. Hopefully, we've got that out of the way early doors. Thanks for those of you who are signing up. Um, Patrons are um, uh, very loyal. And um, it's been really good to have you guys along. I am trying to smash out the content and up the game. And boy, you are going to be getting... It's still going to be coming... If you haven't seen it, um, there is another podcast coming out very hard on the heels of this one. Um, There will be more movie podcasts. There will just be more podcasts in general. So keep your ears to the ground. Keep your eyes open. Because there is going to be also one almighty Sepultura special, which is going to blow you the fuck away. Seriously, man. Honestly, it's, it's good. Okay, it's not as good as Quadra, which is still my favorite album of the year, but it is good. Another album of the year—not uh, album of the year, but another album that I am interested in—is uh, well, there's going to be a, there's going to be a feature with the main man from the band um, on the next podcast, which is coming down the pipe to you very soon, um, and that is Tales of a Future Past by Mekong Delta. Yeah, I know. Mekong Delta. Whoever thought that they would still be going all these years later. But they are. Ralph is a lovely guy. And I have a chat to him in a podcast coming up. So there's no point in me teasing something that's not there. So what has been happening in the world of metal this last month? I'll tell you what. A load of people in lockdown. That's what. Not a lot. I mean, basically, Serge from um, Serge Tankian. I always want to say it's Tankian, but that's probably wrong and offensive. Um... But, um, yeah, basically, he said, yeah, the reason that there's, there's nothing going on is that we, we can't agree. And that's it. So, you know, brilliant. Well, thanks for that. Wonderful. Thanks for explaining it. Thanks for explaining it in such great detail. But, yeah, good old-fashioned. They just keep rowing every time they get together and trying to do new stuff. So decided to knock doing stuff on the head that's new on the head. Have I, I got that right? Well, anyway, look, it's not fucking happening. Right. It's not happening. But hard on the heels of that. Guess what? Donald Trump is on a mission from God. It is divine intervention, says well-known political commentator, Ted Nugent. The Nuge. Yeah. Um, I mean, the weird thing is, I'm going to say this now. Right. Okay. I always thought he was a bit of a knob. All right. Always. Never been a fan. Now. He also, to me, he kind of appears to be the kind of guy or the kind of influence or the kind of um, artist that, um, I don't know, he's, he, he's like Kiss. He's big over here, but nowhere near as big um, as he is in the States. It's, it's, that, it's that kind of vibe, you know what I mean? And that doesn't lead me nicely onto uh, the rant I did about, um, uh, you know, just positivity and, look, get your heads around the facts. Um, yeah, look. You know what? Ultimately, if denial is your way of getting through this, then fine. And some people clearly are. I mean, I was, I was again on social media this week and had somebody um, say, "No, oh, the, oh, there'll be, there'll be gigs." Uh, yeah, one comedy even promoter was like, "Oh, yeah, everything will be back to normal by autumn." Fucking what? And there's another guy. Oh yeah, yeah, there'll be gigs. Oh yeah, yeah. This really isn't as bad as everyone's making out. Oh no, no. And it's just like. If you really want to deny the evidence that is in front of your eyes, that's fine. You know, I mean, these people are completely unaware of the phrase, the new normal, because no, for them, everything's just going to go back to normal. And, and but then again, like I say, I kind of think, well, do you know what? I was debating with a guy and I just thought, do you know, what, I'm just going to leave this because ultimately, if that's his way of getting through this, thinking that there's going to be gigs before the end of the year, then do you know what? Fine. If you want to ignore the evidence, if you want to ignore the fact the UK government has just extended the furlough for people who can't go to work because of coronavirus up to December of 2020. Yes, people cannot go to work because of coronavirus, but no, we're going to be able to go to pubs and clubs and have gigs, really. But anyway, look, if that's their way of getting through it, it, like I said, it just kind of sort of hit me and I thought... Yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. I mean, because this whole thing is just fucking weird, isn't it? And I'm sorry, I don't want to go on about it because I'm, I'm sure you're probably listening to this thinking I don't want to hear about coronavirus. Yeah, fair enough, OK. But it, it's everywhere. And the point is that um, I, I was just thinking the other day, I don't know if anybody else has this, my mind plays tricks on me. Do you know what I mean? I'm literally like, oh, do you know what? Why don't I get in touch with so-and-so and we could go for a bit... Oh, yeah. And I literally find myself going, oh, maybe I could... Oh, right, yeah, no, I can't do that. And what, what is it about the human condition that just you know it's like it's like it's like there's a part of my brain that's going that's just denied there's lockdown. So then I started thinking, well, do you know what? Then there, and there's other people who are just denying that you know that our lives are going to be changed forever and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they are. The minute a vaccine happens, brilliant. But until there is a vaccine, our lives will be will be pretty much changed um, forever. Now, yes, Italy are starting concerts again. If any of you have seen. That particular article that's been doing the rounds, yes, Italy are starting concerts again. And as usual with social media, this, the, the guy I was arguing with was like, look, look, concerts are back in Italy. And it was like, yeah, this is another one of those, you're emailing me an article you haven't read, oh, sorry, not emailing, but you're posting an article you haven't read, have you really? Because if you had, you would say that it's one metre seat distancing, mandatory masks and sanitizer, no contact between performers and no standing events. So, in other words, fucking nothing to do with the kind of gigs that we go to. In fact, when we're talking gigs. Um, so, you know. It, it, it is what it is, isn't it? It's a complete fucking pain in all of our asses, and that's all we can really. That's all. That's all I can come up with at the moment. Is it's just a massive pain. But I'll tell you what would have been worse. What would have been worse is if we would have lost Brian May in the middle of all of this. Yes, Brian May had a um, uh, was very near death after suffering a small heart attack, um, which is like you know we we're, we we're, we're at that age with our with our genre of music you know with your sabbaths your queens your priests your maidens we've already lost ronnie dio and you know the we are going to start losing just a whole bunch of legends and yeah it's just fucking depressing really isn't it and and because our genre is, you know, is, has only been around since these people created it. To see actual creators of the genre going is just going to be fucking heartbreaking. It really is. Uh, What else has been going on? Well, Dave Mustaine collaborator Lee Ving, as in, um, I bet that was hilarious when he thought of that when he was a kid, but not anymore. Lee Ving, um, singer with The Fear, Um, has basically told a podcast that he wants to know what happened um, during the pair's only collaboration in 1996. 1996! Wow. Like, full-on, 24 years ago, he suddenly decided he wants to know what happened. Fair enough. Tell you what else has happened. Slayers' Kerry King has bought a Las Vegas home for $3.8 million. Do you know what? Good on him. Good on him! I'm. I am so pleased that somebody in Slayer actually has, you know, a decent amount of money to be able to buy because they deserve it. Is what I'm getting at. Because they fucking deserve it. Because it's fucking Slayer. That's why. I mean, seriously, those guys. Well, look, yeah, you know my love of Slayer, and it's not going. It's going to get out of hand um, if I if I carry on much longer. And so that would seem like an ideal point to not carry any longer and get stuck in. So, guys, um, first up, first interview is Jason Bittner from Overkill. Um, I am a um, big fan of Overkill. Their camp helped me out a lot and, you know, and, and uh, support Acid Rain online as well, which is fucking awesome. Bobby's been on the show quite a few times and uh, and this is Jason's first turn. So... Um, former and Jetsam drummer, current, well, former, God knows, Shadowsport, you name it, load, load, loads of bands. Great drummer, really nice guy, really good chat. Hope you enjoy it. These are two shorter interviews, um, uh, purely because sometimes I can't, you know, always get the, you know, a, a long-form interview, but I'm more than happy to grab what I can. So, without further ado, from Overkill, drummer Jason Bittner. So, um uh how how have you been are you in um are you in lockdown where you are
1: i'm in lockdown in upstate new york yes
0: sir ah right so yeah you've had uh you've had some interesting events with um uh, a large uh, large funerals uh, i hear last night what's that yeah there was apparently there was a there was a huge um jewish funeral for a rabbi who died from coronavirus and uh, t- you know two hundred people attended and uh and the cops turned up and broke it up
1: well, two things. First of all, I don't live in New York City. I'm ah, right. upstate, like what, three hours away from New York City. Right. Two, I'm Jewish. <laughs> three, I have no idea about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, great start. Hey. <laughs> I'm, uh, l- I'm, uh, mess you about calling you up, and then uh, uh, yeah, mention loads of stuff that's not uh, not relevant. Well, I tell you what, let's let's move on, shall we? Because um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of sick of talking about the coronavirus. I don't know about you.
1: Uh, I'm right there with you. I got about a half an hour too. I hope that's enough time.
0: Yeah, cool. No problem, man. No problem. Um, so, um, I, I mean, presumably, are you, are you getting, are you getting to work on material at all? Are you, you know, creatively, how you, how you're filling in the time?
1: You know, to be honest with you, creatively, I'm, I'm up to my neck in a million things. Um, I'm definitely, uh, let's just say I'm definitely, uh, Using this time to my advantage. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I'm sure Chris probably told you, Overkill is already on, you know, demos for the next record. So we're already, you know, like, we're started up with that already. And I've got another record to do with my other band. And I'm not talking about Shadows Fall. I have this other little project called Coconut Donuts. Kind of like a rock thing that me and a friend of mine do, which we were going to be working on that anyways. So... I was already going to be working on those two records, but due to the fact that we're doing all the, you know, that this is happening and no one can go anywhere, I've been doing a lot of uh, just, you know, tracks and just collaborations and shit with various friends of mine. Like uh, I'm doing a few drum things with a few name guys, which I don't want to talk about yet because I want to get them done and up online first before we start bragging about it. And uh, some musical collaborations with some, so my guitar player friends and whatnot so you i'm I'm definitely uh keeping busy it's just like i've got I've got a lot of irons in the fire right now i just can't I can't really start divulging until they get finished
0: <laughs> sure sure yeah no I, I, I yeah i I feel that and and funnily enough it, that's the one advantage isn't it of, the, of where we're at at the moment is that you can you can get hold of people
1: yeah yep
0: <laughs> yeah I mean uh, yeah looking at the look at the bright side of it all. Um, I mean, hence, I, you know, I'm, I'm knocking out interviews left, right and center because it's actually possible to get older people. Um, but with, the, with with Overkill, was the was was the was the cycle was the touring cycle over for for the album anyway? Or is it has it kind of sped the process of the new album up?
1: Well, all right. Well, here's the thing with that. Um. Fortunately for us, we were sort of near the end of the cycle, kind of. I mean, the U.S. tour sadly got cut two dates before the end, and probably with the biggest show being one of them that we lost, sadly, in Jersey. Um, but we had, we had stuff over the summer, like festivals here and there, Mexico, a few things in Europe, Valken, all that stuff That it's all now canceled. Um, so we were still on the tail end of the cycle and like we have Russia and Ukraine and Japan, that's all supposed to be September and October. And we're pretty sure that that's going to just be gone too. So even if, even if COVID didn't happen, we still were going to be working on demos right now. I mean, that was already the plan because the plan was to have the new record out by next year. Cause we already had a tour for March, 2021 set up to, to launch the record. But, Considering now with the virus, we do we, There's no timeline for anything anymore for anybody because we yeah. don't know when things are going to open back up.
0: Yeah. So yeah,
1: I think right now, you know, Dede's just it's given Dede more time to write. It's given us more time to sit on demos and start throwing ideas around. But as far as us actually getting in the room in Jersey to start hashing it out, you know, <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. So it's. I think everything is just kind of like on a uh, temporary standstill right now. Sadly.
0: Yeah, yeah, no I I I I play in a um a, a UK thrash band called Acid Rain and we were you know our album came out in September. Um
1: I know,
0: the, I, know the, I know the name. <laughs> cool, cool. Well we I mean our album was out and and you know we we've, we've had basically to just push every and push everything back, but when I say push it back, we well we've had to cancel it, but it's just like push it back to when, you know, you just you, you just <laughs> can't say
1: Hey, um. Speaking of, did, did you guys do you guys, do you guys play any shows with Reign of
0: Fury at all? Um, no. We've it's kind of weird. We're, we're we're from we're from slightly different eras. Um, so we for some reason our 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 paths have never crossed.
1: But you're, are you familiar with that band though? Yes. Yeah, yeah. My friend Matt O was a guitar player for a long time.
0: Ah, right. Well, well. Speaking of friends, um, a certain Michael Gilbert is a very good friend of mine. Who? Uh, Michael from um, Flotsam.
1: I'm I'm joking right now. I was literally just talking to him yesterday. When I told you I'm doing things with certain people, he's one of the guys I'm doing some videos with. We're just gonna do we're just gonna do a couple. You know, just me and him jamming a couple of Flotsam songs that you know on, on the record that I was on. But you know, just things like that, you know.
0: Yeah. And I was like, ah, just for fun. Oh man, I know exactly what you mean. At the moment, we're um, we're filming uh, we're filming a video for one of the songs uh, on the album, but we're um, we're basically uh, well, we've already put it's already been released as a single. It's a cover version of a Suzanne Vega tune. And um, we've already put the video out, but what we're doing now is we're doing the isolation version of the video, and we're all just base. We're all basically just filming ourselves doing really, really stupid shit, um, and we're going to put it together. And it's just basically going to be like a comedy video, just to put you know a smile on people's faces and give us something to do. Nice, yeah. You know? it's, so it's the same. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like you know, there's all sorts of creative projects that are going to pop up out of this that would never have happened. Yep. You know? Which is, the, which is the one kind of a advantage that we can all cling on to, that, you know, there's going to be some stuff like that. And as a Flotsam fan, I'm really pleased to hear that as well, because I love the album that you played on. And, um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it, it I, I was, I was, I remember speaking to Michael and at the time he was, it was just stoked to have you in the band and it was, you know, it was looking like it was going to be permanent. And then the overkill thing came along and obviously, you know, overkill uh, seems to be a lot a lot busier
1: or something how for three years it was permanent and and i love mike he's one of my best friends i love the guys in that band and i love being in flats in there one of my favorite bands from all time but i just have a stronger connection to overkill uh you know it's just yeah. i've known those guys just as long you know we've all known each other for fucking 30 years now and and just it being an East Coast band, it's it was just it's it's really hard. Like when you like apples and oranges, well, which one do you like better? It's like, ah, eh, I like them both the same, but I'm gonna go with the with the one that sells more oranges. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, no offense, but Overkill does better numbers than Flotsam do, do, does. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's well apparent when they were opening for us on the last few tours.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and well, you know, I, look, as a huge Flotsam fan myself, you know, from one, from one fan to another, um, Flot, you know, in my opinion, Flots have never, you know, never broken through. They've never got the credit they deserve. You know, Eric is, for me, one of the, one of the greatest metal, never mind thrash vocalists of all time. Um, and
1: and Everybody that I've played with in my entire history... I am going to say that Joey Belladonna is the best singer that I've ever played with because I was an Anthrax for 6 months, but as far as guys that I really was in a band with, Eric is the is clearly the best singer. Yeah. Ritz is the best front man,
0: though. I, oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. I, I think I in fact I saw you guys um I I saw you guys on the um when you were supporting um the uh, the Cavaliera conspiracy when they were doing return to roots and um and i brought a friend of mine and along on paper but I know. anyway i know yeah, yeah i i know i know i remember talking to blitz about in the yeah yeah <laughs> um let's gloss over that but um yeah. the, the fr- let's
1: definitely gloss over that <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah yeah the, the friend that i brought with me um, huge fan of the Roots album huge Sepultura fan from back in the day hadn't seen him for years it was a bit of a treat me taking him along Had, didn't know anything about Overkill she she comes out at the end of the night and goes well Overkill easily Band of the Night fucking blew her away you know and, and I, I, think that's, I think that speaks volumes for you know the band as a live act but Blitz as a front man as well yep
1: absolutely
0: it's just that it's that that ability to connect to a crowd. You know, it, he's got it, and he knows how to talk to people. Because he, when he's talking to you, it feels like you're sat round a table in a bar together. Yep, you know, absolutely. And and that is that's a skill that you know it's you've either got it or you don't. I don't think you can learn it. It's either there or it isn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the whole um, three years in Flots. I mean, that's um, that's some time. It must have been quite fun as well playing playing sort of songs that you'd been a fan of for years and getting a chance to play them with them.
1: Oh, it absolutely was. I mean I, I mean the, this is this has happened now in every band that I've either filled in for or joined. It started with Anthrax. When I was filling in with them, I'd be like, Hey, can we play this song? Hey, can we play this song? You know, and we would just pull these songs out that we're like, Yeah shit, we haven't played that one in a long time. Like awesome. You know, like I did that with Anthrax with Keep It in the Family with uh, nice. uh, "Be All End All" was another one that I asked him to play, so it was cool. When I got into Flotsam, when I got into Flotsam, we were re- literally on the "No Place for the Deceiver" tour, so that was when we were just doing the first two records, which to me are the greatest Flotsam records, and all the songs that I played incessantly when I was 16 through 19 years old. I mean, Kelly's one of my favorite drummers, so I know all that stuff hands down. So it was coming in to play all that material, be like, awesome. And then when we start picking other songs, and I'm like, all right, well, I want to play "Song for the Masses. I'm like, okay, well, let's play that one. And then when I got into Overkill, same thing. I'm like, all right, guys, uh, I want to do Necroshine. I want to do, you know. So it's, it's great being a fan. But it's also cool being, you know, being
0: the guy who's the dude too. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, I'm just, I was just sat here nodding along with every single song you mentioned there because they're, you know, they 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 are all they are all songs that as fans you want to hear, and, and and they weren't playing them, so it's it, that's also a kind of like a um, a perspective that you bring to their game, isn't it? That you know, it's like okay, right. <laughs> I,
1: I, that to Didi too I'm like all right can I can I talk to you as Overkill superfan and not as the drummer in the band yes <laughs> like, sure I'm like all right if I was coming to see you guys <laughs>
0: yeah yeah exactly you know,
1: we get in these d- discussions on the set and stuff because like Didi you know takes a lot of what I say into consideration which is awesome well what you know send me like well, what do you think of this and I'll write back I'm going well, dude, I get why we don't have anything in Horoscope in the set because we've been playing a lot of songs off that for the last couple of years. I said, but I tell you one thing: if I was coming to see Overkill and we didn't play one song off Horoscope, the first thing I'm going to go is, I can't believe these fucking guys didn't play anything off the greatest, the best record that they had. And he just looks at me, he goes, Yeah, you're right. Okay, we should add something
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's great, you know. That, that's like you say. That's that's. It's kind of. It's all part of the service, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> i'm
1: still a fan you know it's like as much as i'm the drummer in the band i'm still a fan every time i look out there and see those two guys and and i look over and see derek and dave i'm like fucking pretty crazy because you know i i still remember taking dave out when he first joined the band 20 years ago because you know tim mallory and i were were extremely close and every time they played through my town i'd always take those guys to the bars afterwards so you know it's just like you know things come
0: full circle they do, don't they? And it, it, it's it, it's funny how it's funny how that happens as well. You know, it's uh, I mean, uh, if you're I guess it's longevity, isn't it? If you're in if you're in the scene long enough, things start coming full circle. Yep. Yeah, and that is the that's the benefit of that of that longevity as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to ask, just throwing this out there and, you know, I apologize in advance. But do you think the, uh, the whole the whole, you know, Shadows Fall, is that is that ever going to reemerge?
1: Well, let's talk about that and let's hope this doesn't turn into a headline on Blabbermouth tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. They hate me. So that shouldn't be a problem.
1: <laughs> Every time I mention Shadows Fall, it seems to be a headline the next day. Um, which is fine, because you know what? It's, at least we're still getting pressed, so that's great.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, look, I'm going to tell you what I've told every single person who's asked me this question. Everybody in Shadows Fall talks to each other on a usually weekly basis, if not a, a bi-weekly basis. We're all on a text message chain together all the time, whether or not it's just bullshit, talking about our families, how you doing, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. We love each other. You know, we we never we never disbanded because there was any animosity. We disbanded because people stopped coming to see us and John joined anthrax. So you know, that was that was the, the, the catalyst to that. But we still love the band, we love each other, we wanna do something. It's just with John being an anthrax and with me being an overkill, trying to work around two highly working bands is really hard. So that's why we never it's like we want to do it, but we just don't know when we can do it. so we've had we've had some things happen within the last you know few years or so that we've had an option here option there, and we just haven't been able to take it due to whatever reason, usually one of the bands being on the road. Um, we got a great offer at the beginning of last year at the ending of last year actually. Um, to go to the Philippines and do the SummerSlam Festival, which is a giant festival in Manila that we did years ago. If, we, if you recall, we had a DVD out years ago. It was called Madness in Manila that we shot live in the Philippines in 2010 or 2009. So every year Vernon has this festival, the promoter, and this was going to be the last year he was going to have it. Iron Maiden was going to be the headliner. And he wanted us to come and be the opening band. He wanted us to come and open for Maiden, number one, because he knew we were friends with Maiden. We toured Maiden years ago. And because he wanted us to be part of this the last time. We were, 80% of us were ready to do it. I had gotten the time free from Overkill. Um, and it turned out that um, John had a show booked with Anthrax. So we had to pass on it. And then Death Angel got the gig because we couldn't do it. And now I just noticed like two weeks ago that Maiden had canceled their whole Asian tour anyway. So the gig that we would have had wouldn't have even came to fruition anyways,
2: <laughs> oh, but
1: it was there. right? Uh, you know, when we had, and we had another thing that we were potentially thinking about possibly trying to get together, but now due to COVID, nobody knows. Yeah. But I mean, really just want to get to the, to the, to the meat and potatoes of it is one day we're gonna do something. We just don't know when
0: the fuck that's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and even more so now after all this shit happening. What?
1: Well, I mean, nobody knows if anybody's ever gonna play a show
0: again. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're all gonna be playing shows from our from our fucking front rooms for the rest of our lives. Right, um, but I, well, I, do d- d- you know what? I I actually think that's kind of well, you know, just a personal from my personal point of view. I actually think that's kind of worked out quite nicely because. If you know, if you had been announced as going out as going out with Maiden, it would have been this whole wow, the wow, Shadowswall are finally doing it. They're coming, blah blah, and then it would have all got taken away.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. So I think in hindsight, it's good that it never never came to fruition in the first place, because yeah. that really would have been a big letdown. It was a letdown in the, in the first place when when John came back and wasn't going to be free. We're like, oh man. Because it just would have been so awesome to do that. Even if it was just like a one-time thing, you know, not necessarily a reunion. Even if we just got a chance to do that one show, it would have been cool. But then, you know, I'm kind of glad it didn't get booked because I'd be more and more disappointed now having to cancel it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, well, also, also, you kind of get, it's like, it's it's been done then, hasn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's been announced once. It's been launched so the next time you do it it's kind of it's just it's like a bit of the gloss has been taken off it if you like. It loses its thunder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um well that's well that's really cool and I mean I'm it's really I'm really glad to hear that everyone's still tight as well but I I and I and I do you know having having played in the thrash band you know in the 80s and 90s and seen you know seeing crowds go from packed to we're not really interested anymore. I completely understand the, uh, you know, that that whole route to calling it a day as well. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of taken out of your hands, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, um, but you, you know, I mean, you, you've bounced back for that, you know, many times, and um, and you know where you find yourself now is is, you know, as you said earlier, it's, it's incredible that you've been able to play in all these bands that you were, you know, that you were fans of or that you were a fan of. Um, and, and I mean the fact that you're doing stuff again with, uh, with Michael as well, that's, that's, that's really cool um, it's, uh, so it, from, a, from a, a drumming perspective um, as regards the, um, the, the new Overkill stuff, will you, just, will you just get kind of demos of that and then kind of work along to it and then it's a case of getting in the room and, and all saying well I kind of thought I was going to do this here and that here and then just trying to kind of piece it together
1: yeah, what we do first is Dee will send us a rough demo, and then Dave and I take it home, and then we start picking it apart, and we start coming back and sending back ideas on it to, to his. And then what we do is we we pick a week, and we Dave comes up from Florida, I go down to Jersey, and we go to Dee's and then the three of us spend a, a week Going through usually two songs a day and just picking picking them apart and getting them together and that's how we do pre-production and then everybody puts in their little their little stuff and we end up with a with a final final result and we give that back to Blitz and then he puts lyrics on it.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, and and well, yeah. I mean, I've, I kind of think that's you know that's how Thrash seems to work. You speaking as a, a vocalist and lyricist myself um it's very very in fact i can only think of one example in, in my entire career where the lyrics came first um thrash seems to be it's kind of like the other way around basically yeah
1: and, yep.
0: and i and i just i just think that's that i just think that's the 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 nature of the of this of the style of music
1: yep it's, i
0: think you're right yeah i i i mean like I said, i've i've you know the the only time it's ever happened the other way around it was you know a, a real one-off and it I don't you know I've never tried to recreate it because it, it's 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 just not something that I'm particularly comfortable doing I would much rather have a, a you know a, a, a music bed to put the words to um than the other way round it's I don't know it's it's kind of it's it's really weird when you when you get when you get demos are you are you hearing um a, a, is there a drum machine already on them to just give you a an idea of what the whole thing is going to be
1: uh, most most of the time he will send a drum machine demo there's been a couple songs here and there that I haven't had one on um and I even like the last one we were talking and and it's like like, I don't even know why I, I bother programming all these drums. He goes, because ninety percent of the time you're actually thinking what I'm already going to program anyways. And I'm like, well, don't waste time doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it must be it, it must be kind of hard as well because you, I mean, presumably all you're really doing when you get in the, when you a drum machine, it, it's purely a tempo issue, because you're obviously going to be you know doing what you do, which is not a programmed drum machine is is there, a, is there any a time where you'll look at things and say, actually, do you know what, you know, I'd like to kind of like halve that or, you know, this this section here is fast, but actually, you know, if I flip this, we can, you know, it can slow it down. Is there, or is it a case of going, well, okay, I've got my tempos and I'm going to work around that?
1: Um No, because, you know, I, I know that once we get together that, uh, a demo tempo is not necessarily what it's going to be once we start working on it because that's a, that's a lot of the work that we do is going back and forth between tempos. Is this the right tempo? Let's try it 5 BPMs faster. Let's record it. Let's listen to it. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of that in pre-production. So I don't really stick to that so much when we're doing uh, – I don't really worry about that too much. Rather, when we're doing the initial demos because I know things are going to change.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I guess I, 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 guess it's... And do you demo in stages? Is it sort of, you know, like, you know, demo one, demo two, or is it, like, just demo it once, and then you work it out in the room?
1: Well, it's... We usually get everything, all the demos, before we actually get together for pre-production, so we have all the songs ready, so we're going to, you know, we're going to attack that. But it's not like we're doing... Like I said, we do two songs a day, so it's really in a situation where we pick one apart in the morning, we take break for lunch, and then we come back and we do another one when you know when we're done. Um, and and that's what seems to work work the best for us. So everything so far, everything has been in demo form before we get to the studio. But um, last time we actually threw one together at just at the end of the uh, end of drum tracking which will probably end up becoming a bonus track for the next record. But there is another song that we did from the, war, the Wings of War session that, well, that I did. Nobody else did, but I put the drums down. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: right, okay.
1: I am working from the last session, so.
0: Right, okay. So uh, um, in that case, will you, would you, will, you leave, will you leave that from the last sessions? Will you pick that up and will everybody add to that? Or will you look at, like, tracking that again from a fresh?
1: No, I won't track that fresh that it was one of those songs that if it even makes the record that would be a surprise it was just like one that dd Dee Dee had lying around it really was not even fully finished. it's like let's just try to track the drums just to have it you know for shits and giggles
0: yeah yeah absolutely i know that feeling because you know if you <laughs> yeah better to have it and not need it than not have it and need it right yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah cool so is it so is dd is dd is the, the the main writer in the band Right, cool, cool, and but obviously, as you said, you've 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 got quite a um you've got quite a good you've got to go quite a good rapport with Didi by the sounds of it. So, you, do you see yourself getting more more involved in in the songwriting? The, the you know, as your your stay in the band gets longer and longer.
1: Well, you know what I think Overkill has a, a way that they write songs, and the, the Dee Dee has a focus in the way they've done things for years, and I'm not trying to come in and step on that on anybody's toes. Um, if I have ideas and if they, if I bring them up and they use them, that's awesome. But I'm never in a position where, Oh, hey, I think we should do this. You know, it really would be better if it's like this. You know, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy just to contribute. So,
0: yeah, I know what you mean. Especially when you look at, you know, it's like, well, you know, what they've been doing has got them this far. So, (laughs) yeah.
1: Don't fix it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 spoke to I, I remember hearing this about um about another band where you know i think actually it might have been um might have been anthrax either i was speaking to somebody and they were saying look you know you know um frank uh scott and charlie get in a room and they jam and they write and that's it and you know i'm i'm, I'm not gonna fuck with that you know they, they, that's that's... <laughs>
1: that's right i'll back you right up on that because that's exactly how they write the record
0: <laughs> right yeah <laughs>
1: it starts with charlie and then it's scott and charlie and then it's scott charlie and frankie and that's the music right there yeah and then they go in the studio and then john comes in and does solos and then nick and then joey comes in and does the vocals
0: yeah yeah and like you said it goes back to that whole you know if ain't broke don't fix it Yeah. Um, and as and again as this person was saying to me who's saying well you know what that's you know that's what they do but also that's what they love you know, they, that, that they, you know, they love that way of working. That is, that's, that's the, that's the fun in it. Um, and that's what they've always done. So they're not going to change it for me and I'm not going to ask them to change it for me. You know, it's just, and that's part, I guess that that's also part of being uh, a, a member of an established band and, and coming to it is, is, is respecting that. That is part of it, isn't it? Really
1: it is. Um, any, any band that I've joined I have to realize that you know I came out of a band that I was in for uh, twelve years, but not everybody writes the way Shadows Fall writes. So, you know, any anytime you're in a different situation, you need to adapt to what that situation is. Um, My role is not songwriter in these bands. Yeah, I can help out and arrange or give a riff or two here, or if you want some of my songs, sure. But my job is to put the best drum part down that I can I can do for the music and for that song yeah um so it's always a respect thing Rather, whether or not it's coming in and respecting the drummers that came before you and playing their parts correctly and or you know or with the songwriting aspect, I think it's just it's just knowing your role
0: yeah, yeah, and presumably some you know in some cases you are gonna you are gonna copy previous drummers, drummer's works but in other cases it, uh, I, I guess it's kind of like well you know making it a half and half or adding things here and there and the longer you're with the band you, you know songs change and fluctuate and right. and you start adding little Jason bits to songs that you didn't play originally
1: and that's what's happening I mean at this point in time I mean, if you saw me play with Overkill three years ago and, and, and t- or and then saw me play with them now it's night and day before it was just like, oh God, get to the end of the song, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't miss that part, don't, don't forget the live ending, don't forget this <laughs> different break, you know, get the ending right, it's all these things. Now it's autopilot, you know, and now it's just like, okay, it's this song, oh, I feel like throwing this in. And then, you know, Dee, Dee will say that to me, he's like, like you know, like after the show or something, pull me aside, he's like, you're doing some interesting things tonight. I'm like, oh yeah? He's like, yeah, there was something somewhere. I was just like, oh, that was really cool. I'm like, well, as long as you're not going, that doesn't belong there.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, different. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's that, that's that moment, I guess, that's that moment, I guess, where, like, you know, there's that, oh, you were doing something, and you're just waiting on that, okay, is this going to be good or is this going to be bad? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was doing something. Whether
0: or not that was a good something, you're going to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, look, Jason, I really appreciate your time, and I'd like to said apologies again for messing you about at the beginning there. But um, look, it's been well, it's been it's been great to have a uh, have a little chat with you. I'm really looking forward to hearing these um, these little bits and pieces you're doing, and especially the flotsam stuff. So I'll make sure I'm all over that on social media and get right behind that as well. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Cool, man. Thank you very much. Um, you know, look, take care of yourself. Stay safe and see you on the other, see you on the other side of this shit. Well,
1: yeah, you too. Stay safe.
0: So, cool, man. You too. And there was my chat with Jason. And, um, you know, one thing that came out of that is, is that it is really, it's really cool that people are starting to um, collaborate, and do bits and pieces. And it's like everything else, isn't it? We're all getting a chance to do stuff that we would have done or we'd like to have done or we should have done a different time. And now we have done. So, yeah, um, I don't think we'll be doing any collaborating soon. That's for fucking sure. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's good to see that um, during such times, you know, we're all we're all adapting. We're all adapting. I don't know. I keep, I keep wanting to start out and talk about like cool things that are happening in the music business because of this. But it's happening everywhere, isn't it? you know, in your lives, in your, in your world, in your work, I'm sure, you know, some of you working at home, we've never worked from home before, that's got to be a bit of a fucking head fuck, it bloody is, basically it means you're never not at work, welcome to that head fuck, Um, so yeah, it can all be a bit, it, it can all be a bit weird, but we're all, we're all getting through it, and I've ended up talking about the fucking virus again, and I don't want to, I really don't, but it's it's like it's the subject. I could tell you what's been going on in my life, but oh dearie me, you don't want to fucking hop on that ghost train. <laughs> it's been an inter. It's been an interesting time since I spoke to you last. Put it that way. Um. So look, without further ado, otherwise I'm going to say more than I really should here. Um. Yeah. Um. So here we go. Come on. Get yourself together, Howard. Next interview. So, the next interview took place with Danny Jones, bass player of the Heretic Order. Now, Danny, that's a uh, d- female Danny, D A N Y, start, well, I met Danny um, online. Uh, this is already sounding fucking terrible. Jesus Christ, sort it out. Danny interviewed me for well respected website Metal Talk. Um uh, oh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the interview I said, look, you know, she plays in Marriage Recorder, she does stuff for Metal Talk, she works at a venue, I was like, Look, do you wanna come on the podcast? Because there's like there's a lot to talk about and um I don't have enough women on the show. And I don't so let's use this as a time, right? Um, for people to please message me, tweet me at talking bollocks. That's Talking Bollocks with a Z on the end instead of an S um, at talking bollocks, tweet me, Facebook me do whatever, but tell me which um, of the women in metal that you would like to get on the, the, you know the the, the one the, you know the people you have questions for the ones that you don 't feel like get enough exposure or don 't do many interviews it'd be really cool so anyway um really enjoyed this um Danny is uh, a fascinating lady with a with a wonderful wonderful story to tell and I very much enjoyed finding out all about it the other night. This is myself and Danny Jones having a chat the other night afternoon actually if you must be really absolutely completely pedantic but there you go afternoon chat Hello hello can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you absolutely fine. Good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you.
0: Um, so, um, how, was, uh, how was Grass Pop last night?
2: Oh, I was amazing. I've been head-banging like crazy and like an idiot, you know, in my room with my cats. Even the cats were head-banging. <laughs> yeah, sorry actually, I didn't see your message straight away i, I, I want to
0: be head banging. <laughs> uh, uh, well, exactly. That's why I sent you that message saying, look, you know, don't worry about it, because, um, yeah, I uh, I didn't want to interrupt your festival madness. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm uh, suffering major major
0: withdrawals. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure we all are. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we've had to cancel a tour, so yeah. It's um, I just I I just don't think about it to be honest. Um, it, it, it's uh, yeah. I've just distanced it from my memory, uh, from my mind completely, because it's just, yeah, it's depressing, isn't it?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: indeed. Anyway, yeah. anyway, um, let's talk about more interesting things, like you, for instance. Um, like me? Yeah, like you. That's what this call is all about. It's all about <laughs> you, girl. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm... Uh, as you, I think we had this conversation where, when we spoke before, but I'm uh, a lover of Italy. I've been over many times, and uh, never to Naples for um, for my sins. So sorry about that. I promise I, I should try and rectify that. Um, History, <laughs> so, well Yeah, <laughs> if you've got any, if you've got any connections, uh, let me know. But um, so how, well, do, it, how? It
2: depends what what kind of connections. i have all sorts
0: of connections. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Well, let, let, let's talk about that off air. Um, <laughs> um, what I'm really fascinated by is just you how you got you know what made you decide to up sticks from Naples and, and come to London um, it was primarily the
2: music thing um, basically I always felt like a bit of an outcast because I, I was a major goth when I was younger and um, I really stood out um, the thing in Italy is that it's um, kind of like um a mass culture, I would say. So, you know, most people follow, like, the same trends. They all watch the same programs on TV. They all talk about similar things and very similar lifestyle, obviously with differences, and it has changed a lot. I mean, we're talking about, you know, some some moons ago. I'm not going to say when, but... um, so, it, it was very different back then, and um, I come from Naples, uh, I come from very residential area, kind of like middle class, but then we had to move, and when we moved with my mom, um, which was by the seaside, so it was a beautiful place, but however, it was in the suburbia, and obviously the culture is different, the mentality is different, and um, I remember I was a teenager back then, and I used to go out with my band t-shirts, um, you know, like The Cure, and... Dressed as a ghost and stuff like that. And the uh, next door neighbor would open the door and inspire me, you know, to see what time I would be leaving the house and what time I would be coming back and stuff like that. And it, it just felt really claustrophobic. Um, and also, I always wanted to be a musician. Uh, I started as a singer, actually. And um, although uh, there was a facility, music was very much in my life, in my family. My dad was a professional violin player. Um, but it was never taken with the seriousness that it deserves. Uh, People look at you and you say, yeah, I want to be a musician, and they look at you and go, well, really, as a hobby, but what do you you really want to do in life? Um, So it wasn't granted the um, credibility, I suppose, that that it deserved, whereas um, what happened was I came to London on holiday and I just fell in love with, with the culture, with the vibe, You know, you could walk in the street and wear anything you wanted, and nobody cared. And yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just literally fell in love with it. It's (laughs) it's wonderfully, (laughs) yeah.
0: It's, it's, I mean, I'm from a small town too, and um, and and it's wonderfully anonymous. London, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different.
2: I mean, London is uh,
0: isolated in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's like another country basically. It's it's Mm -hmm. not like the rest of the UK at all. Um, But Yeah, no, I can understand that feeling. I can understand that feeling of, 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 you know, hitting London. I I think I recognise that feeling a little bit myself as well. Um, You know, the first few times I came to London, which was, uh, you know, I was young. I was in in the band the first time around, so I was a teenager. But I I recognise that feeling of sort of hitting London and going, wow, this is amazing. You know, it's just the the, the vibe. Um, And that feeling that just basically like anything goes. It's just, Yeah. I recognise that.
2: Yeah, it just felt like um, everything is at, you know, at, at men's measure, you can you can achieve whatever you want. There are so many opportunities, so many possibilities. You want to work in films, you can do that. You want to be a musician, you can do that, especially with the arts. Um, so I guess, to me, that, that was so attractive. And I, I was at university, actually, in Italy, and I just left, literally, I just went back. I said to my mum, I'm leaving. Pack, pack my bags, and a month later, I got myself a job here and, and moved. 1993, that was. Um, yeah, she was shocked, but she she's an artist, so she understands. Um, so there you go. The rest is history.
0: Wow. So um. So so yeah. I'm uh, quite a. Quite a long time ago, and you've you've kind of navigated your um, your way into the metal circuit. Um, and how did you find that? Was it you know was it welcoming? Was it you know how did you kind of start getting um, you know into the scene?
2: Um, yeah, it was welcoming. I mean, I love I love the metal circuit. It's my favorite. In fairness, I've, I've dipped in and out of all sorts. I was a massive raver when I when I first came to London. I spent probably the first four years, just going to all raves and clubs and, you know, all over. You would find me dancing on the podium and closing the the club,
0: so... Awesome. uh,
2: Believe believe it or not, I was into dance music heavily. Uh, Trance, trance... uh, Yeah, but that stuff, yeah,
0: but that stuff is its own kind of heavy.
2: Well, exactly. Deep house, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nothing too commercial. It's, yeah, it's never too commercial with me, but... Um, loved it, I had the time of my life, I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of people, you know, from back then, and we had some amazing times together, Um, and then obviously, I had my background, which was kind of uh, new wave goth, so my very, very first absolute crush was Duran Duran when I was about, I don't know, 12 years old, and I had, my bedroom was absolutely plastered with their posters, and then I went, it, it was my first ever concert Duran Duran in Italy this was and then um, obviously I started listening to more kind of like heavier and darker stuff like The Cure, Joy Division, Sisters of Mercy all that kind of like gothic new wave then Grunge came on absolutely fell in love with it and at the same time, I got into the metal thing because my ex-boyfriend was a massive Metallica fan, and he used to wake me up every morning with blasting the stereo, and I listen to this, listen to that riff, you know. And I was like, wow, this is good. Um, so that was that. And um, and then when I moved here, I got myself um, in a covers band as a lead singer, and we just started doing metal covers, like you know, the usual classics like Enter Sandman. You know, and yeah. the like, sweet child of mine, whatever. And um, and that was that. And it was cool. Um, being a girl, it has its uh, advantages and disadvantages. Um, it's a little bit harder to establish yourself and to get people to take you seriously. Um, so I, I would always recommend to everyone to just make sure to really, uh, you know, master your craft um i mean in general anyway you know but then if you want to be a professional that's, that's something that it's, it's second nature isn't it
0: it's innate yeah um yeah ba- basically yeah. yeah basically what you're saying is look you you've really got to be on top of your game as a woman because people you know are are going to be doubting you to, to start with so you've got to be able to produce the goods when you get the chance
2: absolutely yes absolutely unfortunately you know especially back then now now not so much but uh, a few years ago um the market was fairly male oriented and um there were girls there there, there have always been girls yes it. but you yeah, know there there has always that been was kind girls. of like cliche isn't it oh you're a girl but can you really play you know and, and then you have to kind of like prove yourself which is complete bollocks because it's like well you know this is what I do this is what I'm not about doesn't matter whether I'm a girl or a guy you know it's the same isn't
0: it um, yeah yeah absolutely I mean well there's always been there's always been women involved with metal I mean my my own experience I mean thrash metal uh Debbie Abono was a was a hugely influential um lady in the um, Bay Area scene. I knew her. She uh, met her, met her several times and she used to tour manage Forbidden. Um I met uh Gloria who is now Gloria Cavallero when she was Sacred Reich's manager, toured with Exodus when Tony Isabella um uh, uh was you know their tour manager. So the, the, you know the, yes there has always there has always been women in metal admittedly none of those roles were actually in bands but you know There has always been, you know, women in the metal scene. Oh yeah, I mean, look at
2: Sharon Osborne, right? Yeah.
1: Well, well, well,
0: yeah. There, there you go. The Piers Morgan of, of, yeah, yeah, the metal, (laughs) yeah, the Piers Morgan of uh, heavy metal, the female Piers Morgan of heavy metal. Yeah. Um, Not a massive fan, but anyway, sorry, your story, not mine. Carry on. Oh,
2: that's all right. Yeah, so um, that was that. And then from the covers, I really felt the need of um, you know being in original bands. I've never been too much of a covers person, personally, or tributes. Um, I, I dip in and out. I occasionally work. I I know wonderful musicians in the London scene, and we all collaborate every now and then on different projects. Um, lately, I've also worked as a promoter. I've I've, I've done a lot of on the business side of things as well. And I've promoted a couple of shows myself. And um, lately, unfortunately, we lost a really dear friend. So what I did was to raise um, like a fundraiser. Um, And I got together, you know, I got like the the creme of of the musicians in London. And we had this beautiful gig at at Metalworks at the Monarchy in London. And uh, we just did some covers. Um, It was to
0: celebrate our memory.
2: But, uh, yeah, this is just an example.
0: Um, yeah, but that sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was
2: brilliant. It was, it was mesmerising, to be honest. Fantastic night. Um, you obviously can come across all sorts, as I'm sure you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I am often one of those all sorts.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, but generally speaking, I must say that the metal scene is by far my favourite. I work at Venue as well, and, and even my boss, my boss is, is, a, is a total punk, and he was like, I can't believe our metalheads, they're so polite and they're so nice. I mean, you wouldn't <laughs> believe it. You always imagine these yeah. really, you know, burly, rough-around-the-edges type of guys. You know, yeah. they're not, they're so not. They're just chill, they just want to head-bang, enjoy the music, have a few beers, that's it.
0: My parents well, were we, my parents were always exactly the same back in the day when I was a kid, and, you know, we used to end, end, end up, you know, uh, Bikers coming round and you know and all sorts. They, they would always be amazed at how polite everybody was, you know. And yeah. um, I think that's, that 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 has always been. It's but it's always been the way. Is that the, the the you know the image is just you know completely counterintuitive to how things really are. Totally, totally, yeah, for sure.
2: That's um, prejudice for you, but it, it's um, very true in in uh, many circumstances, isn't it?
0: You oh don't god, know
2: yeah. Cover. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I mean, you know, such is life. But um, but uh, you know, ultimately, um, uh, the scene survives, and um, you know, I kind of I kind of like that. It's um, it's completely different to how people really think it is on the outside. I think that's you know, kind of kind of appealing. That's what that's what makes a scene a scene. Absolutely, no,
2: it's totally fascinating. Yeah, and um, it really makes you go beyond, and then and then you surprise yourself. Then you it's, uh, you think. What was I worried about you know what was I afraid of um so yeah no definitely cool but I I do enjoy it very much I'm a total metalhead anyway so um you know I'm far edgier than a lot of my male peers (laughs) in fact I don't know why this happens but most of my ex-partners actually and and friends in general they're, they're more into the kind of like um AOR um type of glum glum rock, glum metal type of thing. Oh good lord. Where well that that explains yeah. why
0: you're not still with those guys. Um
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the reasons What were you
0: thinking? What were you uh, thinking? Uh, AOR. Yeah, um, God no. Uh, no anything but AOR <laughs> No, honestly, yeah, same and and um I
2: mean I, I like some of it, but you know, Gosh, I remember I had this massive row with my ex boyfriend when we went to see, we went to download, and then he wanted to see um, Steel Panther. And there was another band, I can't remember who, uh, but they were clashing basically. I was like, oh, let's go watch them. And it was like, no, 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 we must go watch Steel Panther. Eventually, we just split because I was like, like, you do your thing, I do my thing, you know. Um, But yeah. I um, oh, always end up being like you know the one who's into the heavier
0: stuff so there you go right okay well you know well, I'm uh, yeah I, I'm I I, I I apologize for passing comment on your uh, previous relationships but uh, oh, yeah, no, that's okay. Sorry. sort it out Danny <laughs> sort it out <laughs> um, so how did you how did you end up um, how, how and when did you end up making your way into the heretic, heretic order
2: Um, That was about Is it two years ago now? Two or three years ago I've lost count Um, What happened was I had known the guys Since the 90s I was a massive Massive fan Of um, the previous band Um, It's called Breed 77 You might know them
0: Yeah, yeah I remember, yeah
2: And um, we were on the same scene. I was in a different band called Copperhead at the time, and we um, we supported them actually once as well. They 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 got big, you know, like they got signed, and then they they shot to stardom basically. So yeah, yeah, I saw him,
0: I, I saw Breed Seven Seven a few times.
2: Yeah, I mean, all well deserved, absolutely love the band, I'm a massive fan myself, I have a few albums, you know, yeah. I miss them, actually, I, w- I would love for them to have a reunion, it also might be front row, or oh, actually, hopefully backstage, because I play with the guitarist, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, you know, Such As Life, they they did not disband as such, but they, they took a, a long hiatus, um, the guys spread out the singer went back to Gibraltar, which is where they were from. Um so just geographically, you know, logistics, basically they just um didn't do much for, for a while. I mean obviously I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't I don't wish to comment further in terms of what happened there because I'm I'm not sure myself. But um Uh, Danny is the um, lead guitarist in Bridge 77 and he's an incredible musician, Um, he's a composer, he's a a fantastic producer, he's he's a genius, Um, somebody I really look up to, very, very talented and I always felt that I would love to play with him and um, he's also an audio engineer and he works on the scene in London. So he has seen me performing several times in different guises, you know, different bands, covers bands, my own original bands, etc. So he knew of me. And um, what happened was that their bass player left um, the Heretic Order. So after Bridge 77, he went on to form the Heretic Order with the old Bridge 77 bass player, Stuart and uh, new other members from, you know, obviously diff- different bands, and they formed the Erected Order. They've been around for, um, I'm not sure, probably five years, five, six years, uh, and then Stuart left, and he approached me, and he said, look, I'm looking for a bassist, and I know what you're like on stage. I know that you would fit in, and uh, what do you think? So I was like, are you kidding me? I'm there. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. So I joined the band and uh, yeah, absolutely loved it. We've done some amazing gigs. We've been on tour twice, no, three times last year. We've been mega busy. We've done a European tour. We've done two headline tours. We've done one support tour um, with an American band called Dark Sky Choir. They're kind of um, a super group because they were from different bands, Adrenaline Mob, Lizzie Borden. Ah, right, okay. uh,
0: Yeah, well, I recognize some of the names.
2: Yeah, um, I am morbid, um, so amazing, amazing guys, I mean, we've, we've become really close friends, we, we're planning, you know, if the guys come back, when, when we will all be able to go back on, on the road, um, hopefully we will do more dates together, it was, it was the best, honestly, it, it makes such a difference, you know, you're a musician yourself, you make yes. such a difference when you tour with people that you get on with, you have such a good time, don't
0: you? Well, it's it's like um it's like a holiday interspersed with gigs, you know. Yeah. It's it's just great. It's just a great laugh. I mean, yeah. It's um oh you're taking me you're taking me back now to at least a year ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it, it's great, and when you have that camaraderie and you all start developing tour speak, you know, and you've all you all start developing your own kind of language and your own in jokes, and yeah, it's great fun. I mean, that's. That's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, so um, they, uh, the the Heretic Code, my band, they've already done two albums, signed to a German label called Massacre Records, and um, we're now in the process of recording the third one, and I'm really super excited about it because it's heavy, <laughs> <laughs> so heavy. I, I love it. It's, yeah. uh, it's gonna be the heaviest that we've ever done. Is it? So. Is it
0: so? Is it so heavy? That none of your ex boyfriends would like it. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, possibly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good for you, good for you. So, how long have, um, When did you start working on that? And, and and you know, whereabouts are you in the process at the moment?
2: Well, the the album is pretty much written, but um, it's on a kind of like, well, I love I love it when Danny calls it demos you know, stage, it it sounds like an album already produced. The production is done itself. It's so, you know, the production is fantastic already. So it's literally ready to be uh, basically mixed and mastered properly. So we're going in the studio as soon as we can, really. Obviously, it's um, lockdown uh, permitting uh, to to play the drum part. And then um just take it from there, but it's imminent very, very soon. Basically we are ready to go as soon as um, you know, we can we'll be in the studio. So yeah, it's very, very exciting. And then obviously we will be touring that. Um again, depending on you know, you, you your guess is as good as mine in terms of when
0: Yeah, yeah. Well uh, we, we, we had that conversation didn't we, uh a little while ago. Um right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The future is unknown at the moment, but that sounds like um, really exciting times as well. And 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 of course, you work for Metal Talk as well, because um, I mean, I will have mentioned in the intro before I put the interview on, I'll have mentioned that obviously you know we met because you interviewed me. Um, mm. uh, how did you get involved there? Um,
2: I used to write for
0: I don't know if you recall uh, if you remember Roadrunner Records. <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't Roadrunner <laughs> uh, Records? I remember Roadrunner Records when they were you know, like the biggest metal label on the planet, just about.
2: Well, I did used to be in the street team of the biggest metal label on the planet. Yay! Um, I was yeah, I was in the street team. I was A and Ring for them, and um, uh, I used to write. I used to write reviews. So um, that was you know, I, I've always loved doing that. I'm, I'm genuinely. I'm so passionate about music and every aspect of it you know from a, like a, a composition standpoint from the technique from the production the business side of things um, i just i just love to you know every aspect of it so i've always been that way and um, and uh, I, I think i have a knack for writing so i um i love just going to watch gigs and you know sourcing new artists and, and then bringing them to the table that was good Um, yeah, we had some good times. Um, And then, unfortunately, they, well, they folded, they became what they became. Uh, Mark went on to form Nuclear Blast, I believe now, and then some of them have formed PR agencies and things like that. So, the London branch has gone. Um, And I have not done that for a while. And then, um, uh, I came across Metal Talk through a friend who was working for them. And, um, I thought, you know what, I could, you know, I miss doing this, I would I would love to give it another go. So I approached the editor-in-chief, who was Steve uh, Golby at the time, and I said to him, I said, you know, do you need any writers and stuff? And he goes, oh, we would love to have you on board, because obviously, because of my experience, because of the fact that I'm a musician, so I obviously know what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, talking about bands and stuff like that, so... And I showed him a couple of my articles, and he loved them. And he said, "Absolutely, you know, by all means, we'll be delighted." So that was that. Um, and then what happened was that the meta Talk was a um, the, there was a, a bit of a changeover. So uncertain times for a while. Then I got an opportunity at Total Rock. So now I'm, I'm actually writing for both. Um, but um, I love the fact that I do different things. So for Metal Talk, I'm doing a lot of interviews, which I absolutely love. And then for Total Rock, I write. So I write um, generally. You know, I just write reviews, um, of news, et cetera. So yeah, really good fun to keep myself busy.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, it. Well, I, you know, I, I do this. Um, I, I know exactly. Um, I know exactly what you mean. It's. Um, it's, uh, it's a different side of, of the same coin, isn't it? It's kind of, it's still, you know, you're still involved in the, um, uh, in the metal scene, but just in a different capacity. And, it's, and I think it's handy as well to just, you get gives you a different perspective on things.
2: Absolutely, yes. It's, I find it fascinating. You learn so much um, about, you know, everything really, what goes on behind closed doors, you know, or what, what um, entails. Putting a tour together, you know, um, getting a band together, writing an album, recording, touring, um, you know, marketing, all of that. Absolutely fascinating. And you never stop learning, do you? And then things are ever changing as well. So it's not the case. I remember I did a, a music degree years ago. And um, I started business and production, but this was in the early 2000s, and now it has changed so much. With obviously with the advent of the internet, with downloading, people are not buying records anymore in physical format. So it's 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 shifted so much, hasn't it? And then social media that became this masterdom that has taken over everything, really. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, we've we've definitely seen some changes um i mean the scene remains the same i has to be said um i don't know what you know the scene is going to look like once lockdown is over you know how many venues are you know, how many venues are just not going to reopen it's um it's yeah it's just a lot of unknowns at the moment but it's um it's a it's a daunting prospect yeah
2: frightening times indeed um it is a shame i actually worked for one of the venues and um they are part of this campaign at the moment saying, you know, saving our venues. And yeah. it saddens me so much because, you know, that is my second home. I worked for them it just a occasion, like once a week uh, for um, probably 15 years now. So, you know, to, to think of that ending and it's literally the legacy. I mean, you know, that like the biggest bands have been launched from that tiny venue. You know, it's... Uh, yeah so yeah it's a very very sorry state of affairs really and it's um as you said a big unknown nobody knows what's gonna happen now
0: yeah it will, yeah
2: it will change a lot
0: i know well on, on brighter things um uh what have you um you know what, what what's your jam in lockdown what are you um you know what what have you been listening to
2: <laughs> all thoughts really um I'm trying to see. I'm terrible with discipline. I'm really bad, and I love. I just play by ear, and I love. I just. I just love playing songs. And then all my life, I've been going to school, and and I've done all. I love going to. You know, just learning in general. I'm addicted to learning, so I sign up to these courses, and then I do all these courses, all these classes, and. Uh, but I'm terrible with discipline. So if I have somebody like a guidance to tell me, okay, you must. Achieve this by next week or whatever, and I have a deadline, then I will do it and I will smash it. But if not, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm terrible. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I have the essential span of a the thermos you
0: know. Yeah. Uh, well, so, you're, you're talking. You're talking to somebody who is uh, fully diagnosed ADHD, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Oh, there you go. Hello, brother. <laughs> Hello.
0: All <laughs> oh, right. You too. Um,
2: Oh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm, I, I'm not diagnosed like clinically, but I'm sure right. that I'm totally ADHD and OCD as well. Well, so it, it's, definitely, up, it's definitely
0: worth, it's definitely worth it's definitely worth. And look, I don't I don't mean to sort of start preaching, but I, I having I got diagnosed about uh, 15 months ago. Um, I got medication at the beginning of the year oh, wow. in, in January, um, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's definitely definitely rounded off some rough edges. That's for sure.
2: Does it? Do you find any change? Um, you know, do you feel a difference N- now that
0: you're no, on medication? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, not at all. But I. But if if you could, if, if you think of, you know, you, just imagine a box of leads, okay? Yeah, you know, like guitar, uh-huh. guitar leads, and yeah. you know, it's, just yeah. imagine a box of leads, right? Um, well, that was my head. Now, if you then imagine that same box of leads, and someone's come along and untangled them all now they're all still in the box but they're all it's just all untangled and it's a bit more orderly well yeah that's that's kind of the difference
2: See, with me the box of lead will be so manically like nick in terms of like they will all be rolled and then folded and then you know put together and, and
0: taped together and things like that because I'm majorly majorly OCD oh yeah look, look uh, we are all we are we are all our own you know in, individual little you know little sideshows um, but um, no I mean like I said it's just um, it's really it, it's helped it's definitely helped you know um I think um, getting to sort of my age, uh, turned 50 a, couple, a few weeks ago in lockdown. That was fun. But um, I think, yeah, it That's was it, it was just time. It was time to kind of to act because basically a lot of stuff that, you know, used to work and had got me to a certain point in my life was just now um, becoming a bit of a, a bit of an interference. So, you know, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean I really yeah. did not mean to make this all about me, but I have somehow managed to do that.
2: So we digress actually you asked me what I was listening to in lockdown. yes so, yes exactly um, I've exactly I've been listening to I've been listening to a lot of Alter Bridge which are one of my favourite bands and Tremonti uh, I'm a massive massive Tremonti fan I, I
0: know and I read I read on your Facebook last night I know <laughs>
2: And uh, yes, and uh, particularly Tremonti, as in Mark Tremonti, the guitarist. As a guitarist, he—he he actually, in fairness, he all well deserved. I mean, the guy is an absolute monster, you know, shredding. Um, and I just love his approach. i have i have got to know him personally, and I've followed the band quite closely. So I've—I've I've been in t- you know in contact with them, like personally, quite a bit recently in the last few years. Um, and I see the way that he works his approach, I've done a couple of guitar sessions with him absolutely love it because it's um, it absolutely takes the rule books and throws it out of the window and then he does his own thing but at the same time it's just so meticulous and he's just such a perfectionist he will never stop practicing, he will never stop trying to improve himself and, and you know um, constantly like go the step further and um, yeah I just I just love it basically and um, he's incredible I love his music uh, especially Tremonti band even more I must say because it's a little more thrash metal uh, Alter Bridge are uh, kind of like hard rock I mean they've got some heavier songs obviously but I, I love the heavy and dark stuff so um, with Tremonti stylistically even more so uh, personally I um, but um, he's obviously using his vocals, which are kind of like melodic. There's a bit of shouting, but there's nothing major like, you know, major growling or anything like that. So, um, Yeah, so I've been listening to them. There's another band that I absolutely adore. They're called Periphery.
0: Ah, love, yes, Periphery. Yeah, familiar. I
2: love, um, I love the really technical stuff. I absolutely love all timings. Um, anything proggy prog-gent you know, Prote- uh, of-
0: Protest the Hero?
2: Sorry?
0: You a fan of Protest the Hero at all? Yes, I've
2: seen them at Download actually Yeah, yeah
0: they were Great, awesome. great band, great band Yeah, brilliant
2: yeah i love that stuff absolutely love that stuff i'm a, I'm a complete sucker for technical stuff i love technical and heavy oh I, I, right
0: I, that's what I, I think. I, i'll tell you what i'm gonna i'll tell you what i'm gonna ping you a link to the new mekong delta album now these guys have been around since fucking 86 right um and in fact the way i'm planning it at the moment you may end up on the same podcast as the main man from Mekong Delta. So that's a strange connection, but anyway, um, I'm going to send it to you because it's really they they start when they started out. It was they they just wanted to basically outplay everybody, um, and it's it was very early progressive thrash. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't sort of, it, it, but it was more progressive than it was thrash. So it was kind of like, I don't know if you have heard of like Watchtower and bands like that from back in the day, who were really, really exponents of the very first, what you would call now sort of gent or or, or math metal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it all goes back to, 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 to these bands. Um, you know, like prog metal goes, you know, you know, Dream Theater really, you know, took that on. Um and there was bands, you know, doing sort of progressive thrash like sort of Blind Illusion and Watchtower and um, and Mekong Delta, and uh, they've just put a new album out. And um, it's just it's it, it, it's interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's from it it's it still sounds like it's kind of from another era, but it's really well done. Um, I'll, I'll ping you a link and um, let me know what you think.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm not actually familiar with them in particular, uh, but yeah, by all means. I mean, I'm I'm always. Super keen, on, you know, listening to new music and yeah. finding new little gems. So, exactly, exactly. Um, that's a, I'm that's. Sure I
0: like them. That's what we're all about, isn't it? Finding. I mean, that's that's. You know, for me, that's. I'm on a constant quest to find the next great band that I can share with all my friends. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And a few in between, if I must admit, you know, uh, lately. So um, it is good. But yeah, sometimes. I get into bands that people have been telling me about, but there's this band. I'm sure you know them. They're called Gallows. And oh yeah!
0: Yes, 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 yes.
2: Frank Frank Carter. Yeah. This friend of mine used yeah. to tell me about them like forever. He's a he's a fantastic musician in his own right. Yeah, well, ours. I I, I he...
0: prefer I prefer Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes to the Gallows, to be honest.
2: All oh, right. I don't know much about the new material. I haven't. I need to check it out properly, to be honest.
0: But um... well, go start at the beginning. Go go first. First Frank Carter album. Start there, um, and then work your way through because he's done three albums in are all very different. But the first one is like it's like uh, punk meets the first Rage Against the Machine album with Frank Carter shouting over it.
2: Yeah, I'm not surprised. I I love Scalos. The the thing (laughs) is, when my friend was telling me about them when Frank Carter was in them, I assumed, I don't know why, I had this assumption, totally wrong assumption, that it was some sort of like um, breakbeat type of, you know, poppy stuff. I don't know why. For some reason, I just never bothered checking them. And then they split up. Well, he he left and his brother, I think, as well. So they got the new singer. um, uh, I think he was in Alexis on Fire. They've become this more more proper metal band now, and they like metal, contemporary metal, I would say. Um, So it's completely changed as a band. And then I I found out that I actually loved Gallows with Frank Carter. So I was like, damn, I can't believe that I missed them. You know, and and I never saw them live. Yeah. So that is one of my biggest. um, Yeah. I know. I know that. Yeah.
0: I know that feeling when you just like you just miss out on someone. and You think, oh god, you know, why did it take me so long to get it? damn i know yeah. <laughs> what an idiot.
2: And, and the other one that I, I major regret is rush i've never seen oh
0: uh, i well well uh, i i uh, yeah i saw them on a i saw them on an absolutely brilliant tour um but i saw them play the whole of moving pictures um but uh yeah it was um it, it was it was awesome i have to say
2: <laughs> sorry that's Oh, I hate it. No, honestly, that's a spine to my heart because I'm a a massive, massive Rush fan. I mean, Geddy, and obviously, you know, when he first died, it was just devastating.
0: I've just gone over to my um, I've just gone over to my TV, and and I've just picked out my Rush Blu-ray, um, and it's the Time Machine Blu-ray, okay, from
2: 2011.
0: Now, right. Um. I didn't buy this. My best mate, who funnily enough I'm off to go and see today, after we've done this interview, um he is a huge Rush fan. Um that's who I went to the gig with, but he's seen him loads of times. Massive Rush fan, that's his favourite band of all time. And um and one day I just got a package through the post and I opened it up and it was the Rush Time Machine Blu-ray and I was like messaged him and said, Have you sent me have you sent me this? And he said, Yeah and I said, Why? And he said, Well just play it and you'll realise why and I played it and I was like right okay basically he sent me this because I've got to have it it's something that every yeah. Rush fan should have um, absolutely brilliant I mean it is just they are absolutely having a ball and the set list is superb you get the whole of moving pictures you get an amazing stage show and they are loving it and you just and you know there's all sorts of extras and oh, honestly I cannot speak highly enough of it the Rush Time Machine Blu-ray, DVD, you know, whatever. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It is absolutely brilliant. It's something that everyone should watch. I'll make a note
2: of it. Yeah, for sure. No, um, you know, I have no doubt. Incredible. I mean, one of those bands that you know. Will there ever be another Rush? No, absolutely not. You
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, then. Well, they're never, they, there never there wasn't there wasn't when they were around. You know, there's certainly not going to be one now they're gone.
2: Yeah, for sure for sure but yeah that's probably my biggest regret and I go to I mean I've, I've seen loads and loads of gigs I go to gigs all the time you know Yeah. Um, but yeah this is one that um, unfortunately the one
0: that got away <laughs> I know what you mean well look um, it's been it's been a pleasure catching up with you Danny I really appreciate you taking, uh, taking some time out and, um, and having a chat um, I will uh, send you that link and um, uh, yeah let me know if you managed to dig out the, uh, the Rush show
2: yeah, definitely.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Take care. Cheers. Thank Have you. a good
0: weekend. You
2: too.
0: Bye bye. And that was a, a really nice catch up. Uh good chance to catch up with Danny. Um follow up, her, finder, dig out the heretic order. Um and um and, and support the band. Some really um some really interesting stuff there. And um I, I I tokenism I'm aware of that that you know um I don't have enough women on the podcast it's as simple as that and um you know Danny very kindly agreed to come on the podcast and it just to me it just smacks of tokenism that I've got that, you know I've got one woman interviews me and I get her on the podcast and it's like great I'm how do i get more women on the podcast <laughs> it's ridiculous um now it sounds like some sort of quasi fucking howard dating agency which it's not um but um yeah you know seriously guys get involved if you think there's people uh if you think there's women worthy of of what's god fucking hell i'm fucking this up left right and center haven't i I'm a 50-year-old bloke. I am not a chauvinist or a sexist, I fucking promise. I'm just trying to keep up. So, basically, women, get in touch. Men, get women to get in touch to get on the podcast. Um, I really want to do... I I really want to do the right thing here. Uh, Obviously, uh, metal is still mainly dominated by by, by men, as is this podcast. So... But it would be nice to get more women on the podcast. So you guys, you know, do your bit, hook me up, you know, hook me up, sort of tweet somebody and include me on the tweet or whatever it is you need to do. Message me, whatever. But let's get more women on the podcast. I think it's only fair. This shouldn't just be an old man's podcast for old men talking to other old men about thrash metal. Okay, it should not be that. It should be better than that. Um, And I promise you the next episode will be and it will be in your ears and hard on the heels of this one. So don't hang around. Get this listened to. There's another one coming very, very soon.